Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello, Brandon Harvey here with this week's episode of Sounds Good, the podcast where every single Monday I sit down with an inspiring person and talk about happiness, overcoming struggles, and living a life of intentionality and wonder. This week, I'm so excited to be talking with Sarah Doubledam. Sarah is the founder and editor-in-chief of Darling Magazine, an artistic quarterly publication that seeks to broaden the ideas of beauty and media by using all sizes of models and becoming the first magazine to not retouch women's bodies or skin in photos. Darling is now carried in over 300 retailers in the United States. You've probably seen it in Anthropology or Whole Foods. And Sarah and the Darling team have just built a super strong community of women who know their true worth. I love everything Sarah and Darling are about, and I'm so excited to jump into this episode. So let's do it. All right, I'm on the line with Sarah Doubledam. Sarah, welcome to Sounds Good. Hello, thanks for having me. Man, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I have been hearing amazing things about you for years. Um, my mentor, Mike, um, has been telling me about like the cool things that you've been up to. Uh, but then also my now wife, Sammy, um, she is a huge fan of darling magazine which you created and uh, she introduced me to it years ago and I've just been a fan I don't know if I'm allowed to be a fan but I've been a fan ever (laughs) since and I love it of course you're allowed to be a fan I love that (laughs) thank you thank you um so I want to just hear this in your own words you created darling magazine what is darling so darling is a quarterly print publication and the our tagline is the art of being a woman I love that. Thank you. So that's definitely a hard thing to do. You know, it requires (laughs) a lot of women to just have an art. And so we mainly focus on, you know, character and purpose, dignity, self-love, equality for women. We're the only magazine that doesn't Photoshop women's skin or bodies at all. And so we're really trying to take a stand just in media to create something that is really positive and really different and really deep for women that has something of substance that they can go to for for real advice and just for that just kind of old-fashioned just comfort of where it feels like it's like a friend that you're talking to or a mentor that you feel safe with our brand and that you know that the advice isn't you know conjured up through some other ulterior motive, but it's really just about loving women and trying to encourage them. And so everything that you'll find in the print magazine is just a word of encouragement and intended to be uplifting. 
I just had like a big smile creep up across my face while you were just saying <laughs> that. And I knew what was coming, but it's really cool. And it's just so countercultural. It's so different than anything else that you're going to see when you're looking at magazines, specifically magazines for women. And um, it's, I don't know, it's really cool that, uh, that not only you created that, but that it's actually been really successful. Because part of me would kind of think, oh, well, you know, there's a reason that all these magazines like tell women that they're inadequate, that they don't have what it takes because it sells magazines. But, you know, you've kind of proved the opposite to be true. And you're selling magazines and people are buying these up and they're loving them and they're telling their friends. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Thank you. Yeah, we're just trying to use, you know, a medium of media that has been used for a lot of harm. We're trying to take that and use it for good, which is a really interesting project. But it has been really interesting to see how people respond. Women are so used to magazines, you know, talking at them so negatively and making them feel so bad just to take that and flip it around and use it for good. That's amazing. And I want to go back a little bit and understand why and how and what kind of inspired you to create Darling because because um, you created something amazing and that can't come without passion and that can't come without a drive. And so, you know, tell me about life before Darling. What were you doing before you, before you decided that you needed to make this? I was right out of college and my friend Kelly and I were both kind of lost you know like most people when you get out of college you've got this degree but you're like what do I do now and I had an <laughs> art degree and we were both working at a restaurant and just kind of hanging out we both just got broken up with by our boyfriends and we were sad and depressed oh, no. and living in a house with five girls sharing a bed in a closet and we would just kind of mope around and talk about life and one day we were just having a conversation at a coffee shop one day about how there was really nowhere to go to get advice for the things that we are going through with you know lack of purpose and anxiety and depression and breakups and we just were talking about how women's magazines just seem so shallow and just seem like they were always selling you something or trying to sell this idea of perfection and so we started talking about what would our ideal magazine look like and it was just kind of a fun playful conversation but then we started to realize that we wanted to have more of that conversation. So then we kept meeting at this coffee shop every single week and just talking about that and just playing with the idea of what if we did start a magazine, what would it be like? And so we started by writing the mission statement of Darling that's on the back of every single magazine. We wrote that over a period of about three months and edited it together and said, this is our idea of what a perfect magazine would be and who a perfect like woman would be or what the art of being a woman is. And so that's where we started with Darlene. And that's, that's where the incredible. inspiration was, was just our own hardship and just realizing that we had nowhere to go. We're like, well, we, we'd kind of be the blind leading the blind if we were to write all the articles in the magazine. But the <laughs> point would be to create a platform where we could pull in people that had wisdom and could speak from their heart and speak from experiences about actual issues that women are going through. And we would come up with those topics by just looking at our own lives and our friends' lives and what we are struggling with and wanting to, to talk about and discuss. That's powerful. That's really cool. This is a little bit of an aside, but you talked about um, struggling with anxiety and depression. And uh, what what was it like, you know, pulling, because I know it's a little bit of a process of pulling yourself out of anxiety and depression and it's not easy um 
do you feel like starting Darling helped with that or did it, was it still difficult the whole time? You know, maybe if you don't mind, I'd love to hear a little bit more of your, your story with anxiety and depression. Sure. Yeah. So it started a little bit then. I think that was just a mild form of depression, you know, dealing with breakups and just kind of having a flat feeling of life, not really knowing what I was doing. So I started working on Darlene, but then actually my depression got worse. And I kind of went through this two year period of really bad depression where I was on a lot of medication and just really, I couldn't even drive. I had such paralyzing anxiety and I just, I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know, you know, the root of it or anything. So it was basically, you know, having this inspiration starting the magazine and then setting it aside for a couple of years, literally mm. not even touching the idea while I got even worse <laughs> in my depression. And so it was a really long process of working out of that where I just went to a lot of counseling and just talked to a lot of friends and just dealt with a lot of issues from my past and was really able to just really dig in and work through things. I think finding the root of depression is really, really important. Um, mm. Normally, I feel like it stems from from anger or unmet expectations or just things that you went through that you just never dealt with or just not knowing how to process your emotions. So I worked through a lot of that and then was actually able to come out of that depression. And then I picked up the idea again, which I think is so inspiring about Darlene is that it started with inspiration and then I went back into a hole, but then I picked it up again. And I think that really working on it when it actually started and when we actually got it off the ground was also part of my healing from depression. So it's not like I was, you know, perfectly happy once I picked it back up again, but I was in a better space. And I think just being able to work on something and working on something that is focused on helping other people also really got me out of my own, you know, selfish and internalized headspace where I could start thinking about giving to the world. And I think that's also really a key to pulling yourself out of depression is being able to focus and serve, serve others. That's really powerful. And yeah, I, I love the idea of serving others and maybe allowing that to get you outside of your own head. Cause I feel like that's, I mean, I don't have any firsthand experience with anxiety and depression, but from the people in my life who do, it seems like that's a lot of it and probably taking those steps and kind of, starting to build something bigger than yourself has got to be a, a really, really powerful tool. It is. <laughs> Man, okay. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And so you create Darling. Um, what was it like in the early days? Was it a magazine immediately? Was it, was, it, was it really long? Was it really short? Was it just you writing? Like, What was it like in the earliest days? <laughs> So in the earliest days, a bunch of us women would get together at my house once a week for about two hours and just talk about the topics that Darlene should cover, you know, where how they should be written about, who should write them. And so a lot of us wrote a lot of content for the website, which was the first, the first step of Darlene was my cool. husband helped me start the company. And he said, you know, if you want to start a print magazine, you have to start digital because you need to create a following first. You know, these days you can't just, you know, start with like a, a printed product because nobody hmm. would really know about it. I mean, you can, but it's, it's easier to have more of a, a following. So we started totally. with the website. And so a lot of us would just write 
it was probably about 10 to 15 women. We were all just passionate about it. And we would just write articles for the website. And then we did that for about nine months and had a small following for the website, you know, emailed it out to all of our friends, asked everybody to email it out to their friends and their friends, just so people would know (laughs) about the platform. And then we put the idea on Kickstarter and Kickstarter ended up featuring us on their blog and on their homepage. So within three days we reached our goal of um, over $19,000, which was definitely not a lot. We should have asked for more (laughs) um, to start a print magazine, but that's how we started in the early days was on Kickstarter. So then the first issue was literally just me, myself, and my friend Rebecca, who came on to help with imagery, who is now still works at Darling. On we're working on issue nineteen now, which is amazing. Wow! Um, that's amazing. So she was there from the beginning. So it was basically the three of us, and then a couple of friends who were helping with editing, and that was that was it in the very beginning for issue one and two. And we just really bootstrapped it and scraped by with a lot of favors for those until issue three, we got picked up by anthropology. And then that created a lot more momentum for us from a, from a business standpoint. That's so cool. And it seems like the big consistent thing, you know, cause you guys have grown, you guys have brought on more people, you've you, more and more people are finding out about you. But the thing that's remained consistent is that darling manifesto that you alluded to earlier. And I was wondering uh, would you be able to read that or share that for uh, for us? Slash, feel free to Google it um, sure. or whatever. Because um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will have to. I don't have it memorized, unfortunately. I've always tried to. <laughs> that's that's totally okay. I don't have. Sometimes I'll like. Oh, yesterday I had to like search in my email inbox to figure out what my home address was. I was like, oh no, this <laughs> is a problem. You're like, this is a bad day. I can't remember where I live. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. So it says, Darling is the art of being a woman. Darling Magazine holds the modern mold of woman up to the fire to evoke a discussion on femininity and reshape an authentic design. Darling is a catalyst for positive change, leading women to discover beauty apart from vanity, influence apart from manipulation, style apart from materialism, sweetness apart from passivity, and womanhood without degradation. Darling leads women to practice the arts of virtue, wit, modesty, and wisdom, all the while creating beauty and embodying love. Darling says women are not only interesting, but original, not only good enough, but exceptional, not just here, but here for a purpose. And basically the, just the format of that is, you know, the first line is the overall vision. Then the, it goes into the problem, you know, just taking this modern mold of woman and taking a look at her and holding it up to, you know, presented to us as women and saying, is this who we want to be? Is this incorrect? Are these lies being told to us? You know, just kind of being, having more of an examining spirit of what's going on when you hear something versus just taking it as truth you know what a magazine Mm. says to you so just evaluating how media is talking to us as women before we just take it all for gospel truth you know and then it talks about what darling is a catalyst for so that's where those dichotomies of you know style apart from materialism kind of balancing those aspects of life in a healthy way And then it goes into character, you know, wit and modesty and wisdom and beauty. And then at the end, it wraps up by talking about purpose and worth. And so we kind of structured it in that way to flow, just to take the reader through that kind of flow of the purpose of the company. It's such a good flow. And it's on the back cover of the magazines and on the website. 
and I geek out about it because it's really <laughs> well written. Um, but Thank it's you. also, it, yeah, you really, when you read it, you're like, oh, I understand what's kind of going on in like the media landscape already. And, and here's somebody coming in to counter that. There's a lot in there though. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious, is there anything in particular within the world of Darling that you're especially passionate about where like that's just what gets you excited? You know, I really am just passionate about saying a different message than what is out there. I just, I think especially, you know, just dealing with the focus of on body and weight and this perfect body and that women have to be these sex goddesses of perfection, you know, and just taking all these different attributes where it's like, okay, you're supposed to be curvy, but you're also supposed to be skinny. You know, you're supposed <laughs> to have tiny features, but you're also supposed to have full lips. You're supposed to have this and this, and they, none of the things go together and they don't even create a real person. So everyone's just totally at a loss and always going to fall short. And just saying that, you know, you don't fall short, that you're really unique how you are and just just having women be able to take a second and just be like, wait a second, like this is not true at all. And just being able to have that moment, that spark of empowerment of realizing that everything they've been told all along about that isn't true and that they can look at themselves and value themselves and find themselves beautiful. I think that's just a really powerful thing. And we've really seen women changed by that and being able to just you know, realize that the media seems so real and everything it's saying to us seems so important. But when you just look at it and be like, wait a minute, that's actually not real. You know, it's almost like being a kid and thinking there's like a ghost in the closet or something, <laughs> you know, and you open it up and realize it's not there. <laughs> kind of that moment of just reality, I think, is what we're trying to bring to women, just that that check of what's actually true. Yeah, Absolutely. What are people kind of saying? You know, I'm sure you hear all the time people responding and saying, you know, thank you, this impacted me. What's a story that comes to mind uh, for somebody kind of responding and, and loving what you're up to? The main story that comes to mind that I always think about all the time, it was just the most impactful email we've ever gotten was this girl that said, I literally never thought I was worth a second look in my entire life until I read Darling Magazine. <laughs> and I just wow. read that and we were all freaking out our whole staff. We were just like, Oh my gosh. Like for it, just like that truth and perspective to change someone's mind on something like that, to actually bring them a sense of worth and beauty was just amazing. And we get so many emails like that of women saying like, you know, you just having this conversation about different body types or that I don't have to be a certain way, like completely changed my whole mind. And I, you know, I go and get Darlene off the shelf at least once a week to reread that article again, to remind myself where people say like, Darlene is like a Bible to me, like for my self-esteem, I, I get it out all the time and continue to read it. And a lot of people say it's just a breath of fresh air to them, or they just can't wait to, to sit down with it and just read all the things that the women that have written for it have to say to them. And I think that's, that's the value of Darlene. It's not, you know, it's, it's a bunch of, it's not just me, it's a bunch of people coming together to share their perspectives. And that's what's so powerful is when you get women that care about other women writing for women, it, it's a very vulnerable and it's very real and there's no competition there. It's just all about encouragement. I think women can, can sense that love and there's not, no strings mm. attached to it. That's really cool. 
And I mean, you talked earlier about um, how none of the women in the magazine are photoshopped or retouched at all. Um, but the magazine isn't just about, you know, body image or the physicality of women. It's uh, you guys cover all kind, like every other aspect of being a woman as well. Help me, help me remember exactly what's going on with that. But basically, you guys have the personas, the different personas. Tell me more about personas. So the personas of Darlene were created basically off of trying to create some sort of structure or sections for the magazine. And we started thinking about, you know, women are supposed to be so many things at once. We're supposed to wear all these different hats. So how we, how can we embody that in a fun way? So we created them as the dreamer, the achiever, the hostess, the intellectual, the confidant, the stylist, the beautician, and the explorer. And those Mm. represent all the different areas of a woman's life, you know, like being at home, being the hostess and being an explorer, wanting to travel or caring about global issues. You know, the beautician is, you know, body image and eating and beauty and self-perception and the dreamer is spirituality and music and art and beauty and all these things. And so we just created those as a way to structure different areas of our life. So a lot of times women will say, well, I don't know which persona I am. And I'm like, well, you're actually all the personas. That's that's (laughs) the point of it. But you might gravitate towards one more than the other. (laughs) That's really, really cool. I think that's a perfect way to look at it too, where, you know, you can hone all of these skills and or it's not even skills. It's you can just kind of hone all of these personas and you can grow into them. And there's some that you're going to be really passionate about and really excited about. And there's other ones where, you know, you're going to be excited to open up darling or, you know, read somewhere more about this thing that you want to grow into. I think that's cool. Thank you. So we talked about how people have shared about their experience reading Darling and the impact that's had on them. But what has living out the Darling Manifesto as the person creating Darling, what has that done for you? How has that changed you over the last few years? Oh, wow. It definitely has changed me. I think just being so immersed in this mentality and doing this every single day and focusing on it every single day, you know, whether it's through creating topics or editing articles, you know, editing things out, critiquing things, reading about the media, you know, just I'm so immersed in it has really just fortified the perspective in my own mind, you know, where I literally feel like I can honestly say that I can look at every single woman and find something beautiful about her. And that's totally genuine. Whereas before I just, you know, you just fall into this trap of just thinking, oh, well, that girl's eyes are too close together or this or that, you know, all the things that media tells you, it's these measuring sticks for beauty. I feel like myself and just a lot of our team were able to see women so differently, which is really amazing. I think it's also made me really sensitive to I'm probably overly sensitive just to things like if I'm watching a TV show, or I see a message or an advertisement, I'm so sensitive to the way that things are messaged towards women where someone might see something and just watch it and be like, Oh, that was a weird commercial. But to me, it just cuts so deep because I realize how important it is you know the way that we're talking to women and if I see something that's negative it like really affects me or makes me really really angry and I think that's just because I am so immersed in it and I really think differently now and it is hard to realize when other people 
don't think that way yet, or they haven't, you know, kind of been enlightened to a different way of thinking about women, you know, they don't even see it because they're just brainwashed to it. So I think I'm definitely unbrainwashed. (laughs) (laughs) And I see things for how they really are, which is really interesting. But it also is, you know, it's hard. It's also a burden to carry to be able to notice those things and be trying to change them all the time. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, that's something that I've been trying to figure out a lot this year. Um, I've got this little email newsletter called the good newsletter, uh, where every single week I send out a list of five pieces of good news from around the world. And it would be really easy to make that, um, just, you know, like, oh, like, check out this fireman. Like, he, he, like, saved this dog. Did you hear about that musician who, like, went to a hospital? Like, that's so cool. But that's just kind of, it's a little bit surface levelly, And so I've been trying to dig deeper and deeper and be like, how can I fully acknowledge the broken things in the world? Like, not just, like, pretend that nothing's bad in the world. Really be like, okay, here's a real, like, systematic problem. And let's find a little bit of hope in that. Like, let's see where people are making an impact. And that's what I love about what you do is, like, there's a huge problem in the United States in the way that uh, women are perceived and treated and marketed to. And Darling and you are this little glimmer of hope in the middle of that. And so I really admire the fact that you are digging deep. You are learning more and more and more about the problem because you can't you can't make a change. You can't create hope unless you really immerse yourself in the way that things are right now. Right. Yeah. It's important to understand what people are going through and what are the messages being told people, you know, and just being able to, to have your, your finger on the pulse of that, you know, through Instagram or through all these different things that are, they're popping up and you're seeing the way that all these different things are manifesting in women's lives. Yeah, and I think I would imagine that you understand this to an even greater extent, but it seems like, and I never want to throw social media under the bus because social media is like not only my bread and butter, but it's like my favorite <laughs> thing. I met my wife on on Twitter, like all this stuff, but it seems like social media creates and kind of perpetuates the problem in even greater of a way than the magazines you see at the grocery store. Would you kind of agree? Oh, totally. I definitely have a love-hate relationship with social media as well. I think it's so important, but I think it is also very, very harmful because so, I mean, we're all so obsessed with looking at our phones and we're just taking in messaging all day long, you know, and the people that are choosing to use that negatively, you know, or just present things that are really unhealthy to other people. And then that gets into their head and creates more, you know, self-esteem issues or women seeing, you know, all these different bloggers or people that are traveling all over the world with free clothes and (laughs) things all the time can be really hard. So I think it's important to have boundaries for yourself. You know, for me, I just force myself if I'm having really negative feelings to maybe unfollow someone or, or something because I'm just like feeling inadequate and I need to be in a healthier place if I'm going to follow that person or that thing that's you totally. know, creating negativity in my life. So it's all about realizing how what you're reading and what you're looking at, like how is that actually making you feel in the moment? I think sometimes we're just like, 
la, 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 you know, just scrolling through, not thinking about it. But if you stop and evaluate and check in with your emotions or with your thoughts in that moment of how that's making you feel, then you can come to a place of being able to create boundaries and be like, oh, every time I do that, I feel this. So maybe I shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? That's really good advice. I like that a lot where you just kind of check in with your feelings. And then if something like is making you feel less valuable, like less worthy, less like adequate, then just unfollow. And it doesn't have to be something offensive. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I hate you now. It's just like, ah, this is, this is not working for me in the place that I'm at right now. And it's, right. it's just as simple as that. And maybe someone, the person isn't actually even doing anything wrong. And it's just more an issue exactly. for you being like, why am I jealous of this, this woman? Is this more my issue than her issue? And being able to dig into that in yourself, you know, to where you can come to a healthier place to be like, okay, I'm just as valuable as her. Absolutely. And it kind of, I would imagine that that helps create more awareness for what you yourself share. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to share this really glamorous moment because, <laughs> although, I mean, although I'd like to, you know, it's like maybe maybe I'll take a step back and be like, how can I present this in a way that's uh, that's more relatable or more, I don't know. I, it's kind of, and this is probably a bad example, but it's kind of the Taylor Swift thing where when Taylor Swift wins an award, everybody knows Taylor's going to win an award, but <laughs> it's as if Taylor doesn't know it. And she's like, Oh my God. And she's, the thing is it, it kind of works because she's genuinely surprised. She's, I think she's genuinely excited and, mm-hmm. um, and you could totally be like, Brandon, that's BS. That does not work. Um, but, but there's something to be said about, you know, she, filtering your experiences, filtering your life through um, like how it might be perceived. And, and I think Taylor's done that well with that, where it's like, if, if she's just like, yeah, I know I'm the greatest, then, then it's, I don't know. I don't know if that totally makes sense. I'm just going down a rabbit trail. It but totally makes sense. I'm, I agree. I'm processing it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Man. agree. Okay, good. So I wanted to ask, as a man who is not a woman, but knows a lot of women, is married to a woman, um, how can I be better at celebrating women well? What can I do and what can men do to, uh, to not kind of perpetuate the negative media cycle against women, but, but to step in and, um, and be a part of this new narrative? Right. I definitely think it's a conversation for both genders, for sure. I think that the conversation with women and empowering them and making them have a sense of worth is definitely a conversation for them to be having with each other, with themselves, but also for men to be engaging in. And I think the biggest thing that men can do is, you know, you can tell, you know, whoever women women are in your life that they are beautiful you know, externally, like that's very important, but also really focusing on those other attributes, those personas that I was talking about, you know, talking about, man, you are so intelligent, or I love your heart for the poor, you know, or I love the way that you keep our home, or you're so welcoming and warm and compassionate with people that, you know, you talk to, or just really focusing on character of women, I think is really Mm. important so that they can start to see outside of just how that they look but how they are and how they're behaving every single day and that that actually matters and that people notice that and that that makes them beautiful too that that adds to their beauty I think is really important for men to be 
watching for those things and being having the chance to point that out whenever they can is really, really important. And then the other thing too, I think is just helping stand up for, for women in a way that isn't being over-sexualized. I think that so many advertisements and every single thing that you see, whether it's for a hamburger or laundry detergent, women are being degraded and over-sexualized and being, having Mm -hmm. their sexuality being used to sell things constantly, you know, and as men just not supporting that and not in any way responding to that, I think is really important for women to realize that, um, you know, that they're, way more than their sex than their sex appeal you know and so just being able to take a stand as a man and being like oh wow that was really inappropriate you know or like that doesn't appeal to me you know just being able to kind of shut that down in a way I think is really important because I think women are tired of everything always having to be this whole idea of sex sells and it's true it does but that's because people are responding to that and they probably shouldn't be in my opinion yeah Man, that's really, really good. I like that idea of, you know, focusing really hard on recognizing and calling out the beautiful characteristics of uh, of the people around us um, that aren't necessarily the external qualities. It's more the the mm-hmm. internal, the experiential, the things that people do that make them who they are. I think that's huge. And then I think that's something that's super smart to be like, how can I support companies, support brands, support advertisements, you know, whatever that, uh, that are not over-sexualizing women that are treating Mm -hmm. women with the dignity that they deserve. Um, and then intentionally not support the ones that, that are over-sexualizing women. I think that's a really, really good recommendation. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I basically, and you mentioned this a little bit, but, um, I asked, you know, how can men celebrate women well, but also, you know, and this is more to the heart of what you do, but how can women celebrate each other well? I think that it all comes down to just that quote, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. I think just staying in your own lane and being completely you and not letting who other people are affect you at all. And just getting rid of that sense of competition, I think is where the root of all of it starts with women is that we're not in a competition with each other that we all start out with the exact amount of worth like we have the exact same amount of worth and it's us that decides that we're not worthy or we're not enough you know no one else is deciding that for us it's literally all us that is deciding that and I think that's where it becomes really sad it's like whoever told you that you weren't worth it or that you weren't beautiful and you know first that and then secondly why did you decide to to believe that you know so I think that that's where it starts is just dealing with that in our own hearts first so that we can be able to see women and one another in a totally different light that is so powerful that's so good and with that I want to transition to uh, the second part of the podcast where every single episode we'd love to wrap up by asking three questions that are just so fun. Um, And so the first question is this, how would you describe the kind of person you most admire in the world? And we can even, you know, if we want to, we could remix this a little bit to be like, how would you describe the kind of woman that you most admire in the world? (laughs) Right. (laughs) The type of woman that I most admire in the world is the one that is literally just full of love and appreciation and admiration of other women. I just have women like that in my life where you just feel like they genuinely want to 
see you and love you and hear about you. And they're genuinely so interested in who you are that it makes you more interested in yourself. <laughs> that makes sense. That's amazing. Or yeah. Feel like this person finds me so fascinating and so <laughs> beautiful and wonderful. Like I wonder why I don't think that way about myself. I just know people like that and I don't know, you know, how they become that way i think it is just being able to look at other people and focus on all of their beauty and awesome attributes in a way that you just become someone that loves people really well mm. and i just love women that i come across that are like that you can just sense it immediately there's just no sense of any competition they just want to love you and uplift you from the moment they start talking to you and this is the type of women i love the most that is beautiful. That's so good. My second question is, what are you consuming that you love right now? So something that I've consumed that has really, really impacted me and was one of the reasons that my friend and I started Darling is a book called A Return to Modesty by an author named Wendy Shallot. And she just takes a look at culture and the way that the different genders are interacting and this idea of the over-sexualization of women and what does it look like for, for the landscape for women to change in our world. And it is so amazing. She's basically offering a different or basically a new wave of, of feminism and what that would look like. And so we modeled a lot of what Darlene is off of some of her just deeper rooted philosophies and that's something that I definitely go back to that book and consume a lot of her points you know when I start to feel discouraged or start to think like man am I really you know working for nothing do people really care do people really want to change do people really want to see this just conversation become more healthy for women it's just a beautiful book and really really amazing so I definitely love that book and then I think also, just to get inspired and to dream again, I, I watch and I read a lot of Jane Austen. I think it's oh, so nice. beautiful. I just love the way that she just portrays women in just such an intellectual way. And I love I love that. So when I get overwhelmed by modern culture and social media, I go back to that <laughs> old-fashioned type of feeling. And it gives me a really good nostalgic feeling about you know women and horses and the countryside of, of London and things like that. <laughs> Those are amazing recommendations. So good. Okay. My final question is based on the ways you've chosen to step out and live your life differently. What's one thing you'd encourage someone else to do in their own life? So the question, another way to phrase it would be kind of um, how could somebody in the same way that you followed down the path to become what you've become and uh, to create what you've created, um, how can somebody else do that? Not to follow down your path, but to do that in their own life in the way that they're specifically created to do that. You know, I think that everyone has such a unique story and we all have things that have happened to us that are good and we all have things that have happened to us that are really hard. And I think it's this ability to take a look at your personal story and be able to draw purpose out of that. You know, for me looking at, okay, I've really struggled with self-worth and depression and anxiety and just not having a sense of direction. And so how can I take that experience and use that for good? And how can I take that and turn that into passion? 
and into something that can change the world. And I think every single person has that ability to stop and evaluate their life. You know, what have I been given? What have I been through that I could use to encourage other people? So that's something that every single person has that they just need to dig into and figure out, first of all, what that is. And then second of all, how can you create that into something tangible? You know, it doesn't always have to be starting a business, but it can be just anything, whether it is volunteering your time, you know, to go help someone that's in a position that you once were in, you know, or whether it's becoming a writer or becoming a way to just share your story, because guaranteed there's someone else that will identify with that. And so I think that's the beauty about life is that although things can be hard, we can just completely take them and turn them for good and into service in any way. And it's just about being creative in the form that that takes. You know, for me, it it is a magazine because I'm an artist and a writer. So that's the perfect medium for me, you know, but for someone Hmm. else, it could be just meeting for coffee with people, you know, for someone else, it could be, you know, going out and like actually serving or building or creating or making something, you know, where you see a lack in something and you have, the ability to fill that hole in the world and I think everyone should realize that they that we all have that and that nobody doesn't have that you know when people say oh, I don't have a purpose in my life I don't have anything to give I'm like no you actually do you just haven't thought about it enough you know just sit down and write down your life story and you'll be able to find some threads or some things in there that you can that you can take and that you can share that's beautiful I love this idea that we all have bad things that have happened to us and good things that have happened to us. And we can take those things and, and more than anything, you know, you can take these bad experiences because I think we relate to people based on their brokenness more than their strengths. And, and you can take those things and, and you can make an impact in the world with that. You can change the way that people live their lives with that. And that's incredible. And it's, it's not only that, uh, that you can do that. It's almost that I would dare to say that you should do that. And I think that's an important thing. Exactly. That's beautiful. Well, Sarah, I love everything that you're doing. I love what Darling is about. If people want to find out more about Darling online, where can they do that? You can go to darlingmagazine.org and you can purchase the magazine by going to shop.darlingmagazine.org or if you go on our Instagram, there's a link in our profile as well. Our Instagram is just at darling. That's where we share a lot of beautiful imagery and really important conversations and really interesting dialogue. People comment a lot. So that's more of our active conversation happens on social media, but we also have the blog and then the shop where you can get the magazine and also see the stores where the magazine is carried in on the website. So good, man, Sarah, seriously, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. And thank you so much for your wisdom and your thoughts on um, something that I don't think about enough. And this has just been so inspiring to me and encouraging. And um, I know that listeners feel the same way. So thank you. Thank you so much. Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and is created in collaboration between me, Brandon Harvey, and Gradient. Thank you so much to each of you who tuned into the podcast this week. If this is your first time listening, subscribe to the show to get a new inspiring story downloaded straight to your phone in your sleep every single Monday. Oh, and leave a review on iTunes. It's easy and it helps people find the show. 
Just search for Sounds Good in your podcast app, tap Reviews, and then tap Write a Review. Easy. You can connect with me online and get updates about the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at at Brandon Harvey. That's Brandon with an E-N. And this week and every week, you can find the show notes for this week's episode of Sounds Good at brandonharvey.com slash podcast. And it's also the same place where you can sign up for the Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey email party. It's going to be so much fun. I really can't wait to see you there. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I'll see you online and I'll talk to you next week when we get the opportunity to learn from another inspiring person. Sound good?